Well, hello, ladies and ladies and ladies and gentlemen. Um, hey, it's me, Jake. This is episode 141. I have to be honest with you when I say hello. This is uh, getting to be summer. Well, it's not really summer. What is it? It's late spring. Is it late spring? Is that what we'd call it? Anyway, I just had a great uh, weekend in Washington, D.C. at the D.C. Improv. Thank you if you came to those shows. And if you want to come and see some other shows here in the United States, June 5, 6, and 7, I'm going to be in New York City. That's uh, New York City. It's a big city. There's a lot of people. There's more than enough people to sell out these shows, and that's what I—that's my dream. That's my dream is for all of the seats to be full. Maybe maybe a couple of empty seats just because they're terrible seats, so I wouldn't want you to have to sit in the two kind of terrible seats that they have there. They, I'm kidding. They don't have any terrible seats. at The Gotham Comedy Club, New York City, June 5, 6, and 7. And then uh, June, I think now it's 23 through 29, but it could be Ju- It's somewhere thereabouts. I'm in London. England. That's not the way you pronounce it. London, England at the Soho Theater. And uh, I would love it if, if you came to those shows. I know people are listening to, to this in London. And uh, I really, I would love to meet you in person after the show. Shake your hand. Give you a free sticker for your minivan or whatever you drive around. Maybe well, not your minicab. You can't put stickers on a minicab. I don't think that's right. Um, anyway, I'm going to be enjoying myself in London, and I hope that uh, I hope that there'll be some people at those shows, and I hope that you'll be one of them. You, person listening to this right now, on your treadmill, cranking it up, living your life, loving your dream. What else can I tell you? Right, Washington D.C. was the last episode of the David Letterman show this week on the podcast. I've got my friend Ramin Mostafavi, who was on the live episode of my podcast last year. You can go back and listen to that in the archives, if I call it archives. I don't know what it, what is it? It's a digital, it's some, it's on some hard drive somewhere on the internet, but you can link to it through this podcast and you can listen to Ramin last year talking about his life in general. And then this week we kind of talked about some backstage stuff and guess what? There's some polyamory talk in there. Just, that's not a spoiler alert. That's a heads up. If you're listening thinking, God, what is going to, where is this going? Um, it's polyamory. That's where we're going to wind up. And that's that's more than one, two people having a relationship with each other. So there's that. And then there's Le- David Letterman's last episode, which I watched in my hotel room the night that I arrived in D.C. with my friend Frank Gannon, who used to be the segment producer on the David Letterman show. So I've known him for, holy mackerel, more, 25-some years. And uh, we had, it was late at night, but we had a little conversation about that. So that's coming up on the show. Meanwhile, right now, what to, what to talk about right now? Well, I went online to try and I thought, well, I should go online, look at some of the headlines. We could just discuss some of the headlines. And then I thought, oh, my God, well, if you look at the headlines, um, there's a lot of stuff going on that, uh, you know, I don't know necessarily that you want to be talking about. Texas is having a drought. Uh, there's a lot of, um, oh, there's a big cable or no, they're not having a drought. What the hell is wrong with me? I can't even think. I think they're having floods, right? Texas is hammered by flooding. They're not having a drought. <laughs> I got the news exactly wrong. That's why this isn't uh, that's why this isn't a news broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you the opposite of what was happening. Um, so yeah, there's, there's flooding. The people are People are stranded. There's bad things happening. There's heat waves going on in India. I know that now. Uh, an NFL player has been fired after arrest. These guys, are, they, they're 
well, what what they're 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 smashing into other giant sized men for a living. They're probably going to get a little crazy in their off time. That's that's there. I summed that up for you. Thanks. That's why you listen to get me to help you to understand the news. The NFL players, these guys, they have a very aggressive and sort of violent job, sort of violent, and so. Um, so that's going to make them aggressive and a little bit violent. And believe me, I don't I don't have a violent job at all, but I have a job where I say what I think about things all the time. And then when I'm not doing that job, my tendency is to do the same thing, say what I think about them. I'm not doing it right now because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it happens sometimes at a dinner party. Um, you know, you try and be careful, but uh, it should happen. So anyway, that's what else did I find out? Oh, <laughs> Then I scroll down to the part of the news page where, you know, they show things that they they're, they're just, they just don't want you to leave. You know, when you scroll down on CNN.com, when you get down there far enough, it's like, please, please, please don't go to another website. How, how about this? This uh, revenge porn has caused a lady to copyright her breasts. And so, you know, look, I'm, I'm a red-blooded man, animal. And uh, first of all, revenge porn sounds like, it sounds terrible, and it is terrible. I'm sure if it's happening to you, if somebody's revenge porning you. But what they're doing is they're posting naked pictures or videos that you've made for them or with them. They've got them because you gave them these naked pictures of yourself, and now they're posting it online, which is super naughty, and it's ass assholery of the, you know, highest caliber and by highest i mean lowest caliber don't don't be posting naked pictures that someone else gave that was a favor that they were doing you for crying out loud and if you can't see that even though the relationship is over you still can look at those naked pictures in the privacy of your own home that's well within you and do whatever you you could have whatever kind of sad weepy fantasy you want over losing that person that's that's for you that's a little present that they've given you if you can't see that as enough but no you have to kind of try and say oh you hurt my feelings so i'm going to put these naked pictures you sent me out of the kindness of your heart when we were in love online to hurt your feelings and be mean to you you know that's just that's just not cool it's not right and i'm against it but but they they get this woman so then for, then they got to have the reporter pretend that she's a complete moron and talk to the person who's trying to copyright their breasts and you got to send them to the copyright anyway it's not going to work we got to just kind of look if you want if you don't want another person to put naked pictures of you on the internet here's how you do that don't take any naked pictures of yourself and i know what you're saying i have to i have to i need to take naked pictures of myself i want i want those to exist in the world and then i want to share them with other people but then once i share them i want to have control of them well we're not there yet once you give things to other people then there's no telling what they're going to do with them so Ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is me helping you out. If you don't want people to have naked pictures of you, don't take any naked pictures of you. You are in control of when you take your clothes off and whether or not there are any cameras there. And uh, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here for you. I try and help. I want you to be happy. And if you do take – so what if somebody sees some naked pictures of you? We're heading to a point – of society, of humanity, where everybody is going to be able to see what everybody else looks like naked. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how, 
what what is the big secret? If you want to enjoy the full spectrum of what boobs can look like, you can spend an afternoon on the internet, and I feel like you're going to have a pretty good idea. You may not be able to see any one specific person's boobs, but you're going to be able to see some boobs that are roughly close to that person's boobs. And I'm sorry to make it all about boobs, but I am a man, and I just don't believe that ladies are that anxious to see a man's junk. I mean, but maybe that's because I'm so lucky I get to look at my junk all the time. I shouldn't say all the time because that's not how it is with me. Most of the time, I am not looking at my junk, but I do give it a look-see every once in a while. It's part of being a person who can... (laughs) You can't help it. Wow, that. Yeah, still got it. All right. Hey, thanks for listening, (laughs) if you're still listening. And uh, I am excited to... Uh, give you this conversation that I had with Ramin backstage at the club. It's between shows on a Friday night, and I wanted to talk to him. We just kind of started talking. So as with some of these, it starts off a little bit. We're backstage, and we're talking about uh, just whatever, and then we kind of get, we catch the wave, and then we get talking. And uh, so I hope you enjoy it. So here's that, and then the other thing. (laughs) Why don't I have my own show? Here's that, and then the other thing. I wrote that. Here we go. It's, hey. a, it's happening. Yeah, this is the podcast. You're on the podcast again. This is hey. your next, this is your encore episode, Rummy. Jake, this podcast. Don't be weird about it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know that I have a choice. It's nice. We're having some nice shows. This is between shows. We are. Night you between look shows. good. I feel good. I'm you wearing look- my suit. I feel like you could have dressed up a little bit more. You know that. It's notable. And I feel bad about it, especially because you went, like you went. I went suit this time. You, this I mean, is more than I usually go. I've decided to get back to wearing some suits in the in the for the show, yeah. just because it makes me feel more. I'm I'm dressed up. For a while there, I kind of thought, look, if I'm wearing the suit, it's too. I'm too dressed up. But now I feel like, look, I feel like I can go back to the suit, and people just deal with it. They're fine. yeah, They're they fun. like it. And then you like I go out there, you know, and we we, we and I it's like you're wearing your t-shirt now. What's that kind of sleeve thing where you've got the t-shirt on where the sleeves are a different color from? Well, I don't know what that uh, body of the shirt. What's that called? Uh, P play Dell's here shirt. too. Oh, hey, what's going on? He played Dale. He's uh, doing a wonderful job of seeing tonight, and he knows a lot more about fashion than I do. So. I call it baseball shirt. Baseball shirt, I think, is the phrase you're looking for. Okay. So I got a, I'm red on the sleeves, and I'm gray in the body. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I feel like a bum. Uh, but I'm, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go for it tomorrow night. Watch what happens. It's going to be amazing. I think you can wear whatever you want. That's, that's the whole beauty. I, and, I do, and that's part of it. Like, I want to feel naturally like me, but, but I think but you, you made a good point earlier, and that is, you know, they care and they, and they want to they want to see that you care about where you are and i think that's right uh, they got or they got ready to go out they got ready to go out. out and i think that's a good point this is their big night out yeah and that's well, and you my mom will appreciate your advice and she but i mean maybe if that if you were saying look i need to wear this because i'm trying to project a guy <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't care what he looks yeah, like? I need. I I'm need nailing to, that look. I need them to know that I don't care. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Which is sort of. I, we'll I, I do feel like that is a valid message yeah. from stage. Like, look, I don't. I. I, I don't care if you're here or not. Right. That's endearing. Opinion, you're that's what I, <laughs> not endearing. 
<laughs> I wouldn't say endearing, but it is. You want them to know, look, like I'm doing these jokes, and if you laugh at them, that's great. That's why I made them up. But if you don't laugh at them, I will still be fine. Yeah, because look, but that's not really how I feel about it. That's like not the this. truth. What yeah. is? How do you feel? I want them to like them all. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, I want them to like. Them. Yeah, I definitely don't go out of there with. Out of there with I don't give a fuck. Yeah, okay. Like I, I'm sure I'm not at a level where I can't care. I have to keep caring. You always have to care. Why would you do a show if you didn't care? Oh, of course, yeah. But who, who does I, that? Uh, but I think at a at, you know a certain level, mm-hmm. you can if you if you try uh, some new joke, two, three new jokes in a 40, 55 minute set or whatever, like you did tonight, and something goes wrong with it, you can really let that water flow off the one's duck's back. Well, you where have to. At, for, yeah, but for me, uh, my percentage of jokes that I have to jokes that are my A game jokes is way lower than yours. You know, you have a whole bucket full of these are rock solid jokes. So if one or two don't go as planned, it's a very small percentage. For me, it's it's a when I come up with a new premise that works, I'm very excited about it because I'm still I have an hour that I sell, but I'm still padding it out. That you sell. Yeah. Well when I say I have oh, when you do, I oh, can you headline, mean like I have an hour, Got that's it. my hour, but I'm still padding it out. I mean I have mm-hmm. an hour forty five, but that forty five even I don't want to listen to, you know. <laughs> and who wants to listen to an hour and 45 minutes? No one. I don't I mean, think if, one you I don't said, think... if someone said to me, you know what? Do that 45. I, I, no, you want to kill yourself. I Sarah. do feel like some, like, what doesn't John Legui, Leguizamo, doesn't he do shows that are like an hour and a half long? I stuff? have heard tell, but yeah. I've also not heard it's boring. One man should. No, it's awesome. No, I've heard it's great. Yeah. That's all I He's am. busy crafting it. He's got costumes. He's got voices that he uses. Yeah. He's got yeah. talent. He's Ugh. doing things. You have talent. I think. Yeah. You have, I, I believe you have talent. Thanks. Yeah. I do a thing. I got a thing. You know. I try to. I try to say something important out there. You know. What's the most important thing that you said tonight? Do you think? Oh, good question. Wow. Um, well, interestingly, I did not much get into what's usually my main, my my biggest platform, which is civil rights. I like to talk a lot about civil rights, and right now, one really, of, mm-hmm. I, I, I I talk about it in uh, I talk about gay rights, but I try to define that as this is not gay rights, this is civil rights, regardless of what the the group is that's fighting for rights. I yeah, do yeah. A, 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 generally I'll do a Chick Fil A. Joke. Oh right, uh, yeah, I did and, hear you do that. Last yeah, time. And, well, they're the people who are being fucked with right now. You know, yeah, I mean, every, a lot of people are being fucked with, but for me, they are they're, they're the last most suppressed group of people that are being restricted with basic rights. Well, I mean, obviously there's a whole lot of heat mm. in, the, in the black white community, the Baltimore and Ferguson and all that. And there are major issues there, but, but at the, the very least, the, the, sorry, the laws say they're supposed to have equal rights, whether or not everyone right. follows through with that. But in the gay community, it's still, oh, but you can't do that. And for me, that's, that's unacceptable. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I say that and I, and I, I'm proud to say it and I firmly believe it. Uh, and a, a lot of my jokes are very satirical, but at the same time, I try. I do try to say important. Like tonight, the most important thing I said, I, I made an argument for uh, why they should change the name of the Redskins. I really think they should. So I'd, I'd like to take a standpoint on that. And I, I, I do consciously focus on trying to say important things while I'm out there. What are they thinking about changing the name of the Redskins to? I don't know that there's anything on tape. Pete, I think Warriors was one that was suggested. The Washington Warriors, so it still kind of have like a Native American bent to it, but like it's not going to just be a racial slur up top. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. The mascot of my high school was the Red Raiders. 
and it was the and it was a Indian with a big headdress on a horse. Was he character? It wasn't a character. It was it, it was, was just it was a like a silhouette of a silhouette super cool Indian. But it did I mean. say red. In, yeah, in, which is kind of a which is a little bit. It is, but at some point you're also just describing a skin color, right? And they're ever reddish Dude. hue. Yeah, it's just so it's never so tricky hue. because I kind of I want to be the guy who's look if if I'm not in that group and you're in that group and you're telling me this is what I want you to say when you're talking about me and this yeah. is what I don't want you to say when you're talking about me. I, I want to kind of I want to kind of be on board and, and go, yeah, well, you're the one who should be telling me that. Except yeah. I don't feel like the African-American thing is oh, is the best. I don't feel like that's, think that's a parallel. Well, I think the idea that all dark skinned people are from Africa is slightly absurd. Oh, indeed it is. And uh, we were, my, but, it's, but, but, it's, but that's the, yeah. that's the, that's the expression that is current. And my daughter's in fourth grade and we were reading, she's got this reader to help with her reading and they're talking about figures in, in black history. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about a woman who's black, who's from England. Yeah. And, but my, when my daughter's reading it, she says, "Well, I'm not going to say black. I'm going to in the in the uh-huh. in the reader it says black, but I'm going to say African American." Uh-huh. And I said, "Well, she's not really an African American because right. she's not an American. Uh-huh. She's British." Ah, uh-huh. yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, no. I, I so, totally, but then, do totally you have agree. to say African British person, or would that piss that person off? British African. Yeah, it's no, just, I. I uh... You know, and I don't. I, I'm extremely open-minded. I consider I, I, liberal's kind of a curse word, but I do believe that anyone should be able to live as freely as they wish, as long as it doesn't trod on the freedoms of other people. Uh, but I, I kind of refuse the phrase African American. I generally just say black. I do. I say black. So what? You're a cowboy. I don't know that it's a problem. I've never seen it as offensive. No, I don't. Th- I don't think and, it is a problem. And I've never. Really I've never had a. I, I don't know that I've had a black person say to me, "Whoa." Don't say that word, you know. There's a lot of ways to fuck up, though, in this world. There are a lot of ways to fuck up, but mm. you know, I've got. I, I honestly, and I know this is like a, a, a typical thing for people to say. I really do have enough black friends where I feel like I got a good idea about yeah, what they okay. mind cool. me saying or not, and you're, they don't. You're one of the good ones. <laughs> and that, and that's, and the, and the that's greater point is that we're there are so many ones. more good people than shitty people, but the the media only highlights, and we generally only remember oh, the dickheads. It seems like that's the. That's the shortcut to celebrity nowadays is to be a dick. Yeah. You know, or an what, asshole. What's an example of that? Every reality show ever. And th- you know? and thankfully, the reality shows seem to be dipping off a little bit well, to, 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 with respect to all the great TV that is now being made. Thank goodness. Pushing it all out. All the good, great TV shows. Yeah. Mad Men writing a story Anarchy about and, a thing. And Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah, thing. Exactly. But you're right. Yeah, the boo-boos and... Uh, what, what all those other well, all those survivor stories. There's that. always a guy who's a jerk, and that whole like I didn't come here to make friends, right? And that attitude that goes into being to being a person. People have that attitude as a person, like I'm here to win. I don't care about other people on the planet. It's like yeah. that's not how you win in the real world, right? That's how you get punched, right? But we you like know? to watch assholes, I guess, right? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's a shortcut to uh, yeah. to celebrity. Another shortcut to celebrity is to make fun of people who are already celebrities. You okay, know? like a TMZ. Yeah, yeah, or you know, there's there's comedians who do that. That's their gotcha. that's their thing. Gotcha. Okay. You know. Well, recently there was a reality show. Just uh, bro- story broke today or yesterday. The Duggars. 
The big, uh, there are people who have religious. a lot of children, right? Yeah. I think they're... I have never seen it. They're I haven't seen it either. I'm very religious. Is you it know Christians? what I've seen? So. You know what I've seen? I've seen comedians make fun of the... Do- Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because comedians are commentators on pop culture, and so that's how I actually find out about some things. Is by that's how I heard about Honey Boo Boo. Yeah. Is some other comic was making fun of Honey Boo Boo, and then I had to go figure out who Who Honey Boo Boo was. Yeah. No. The uh, the stereotyper in me would say they're Mormon, but I have I really have no idea. That's just one of those uh, large family. Well, this is perfect fodder for the podcast because. You know, finally we're over our heads in deep water. We don't understand even what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no. And so that's when I'm... You take a no, caller. It's one guy's asking know. questions of another guy. So what was the thing that you think <laughs> happened about the thing that you don't Terrible. really know anything about? But, you know, we did... We, we went over a thing just a moment ago. You said the honey boo-boo. And that brings up... Here's, here's an important issue that I address from time to time on stage, and that is the lack of protective uh, measures taken for uh, children in reality television. And a lot of them are just, it's like child abuse. And, uh, you know, these kids are going to grow up just, uh, look look at the little kid, whatever. I guess that's boo-boo. I don't know. Is the kid boo-boo? But she's a mess. I think so. Well, look, dude, don't get me started. All show business, if if you're in a TV show and there's a kid in that TV show, the chances that that kid is going to grow up a little bit weird or, or fucked up is high because it's a kid who's now... Imagine if your kid felt like, look, I'm a celebrity and everybody goes to get me things because I'm the star of this TV show. Mm -hmm. And they think that that's how it is in the real world. And you're the dad, but Mm -hmm. they're earning enough money that they can afford whatever they want. And so you need to... you. You've got to back off. Yeah, but it's it's child abuse. And actually, if you go on uh, the Facebook.com, there's a a Facebook page called Is It Worth It? Is It Worth It? And it's all about campaigning for uh, the protective rights of children on reality TV because there are none. Well, but it should, but it should be children. I mean, I, if you said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna pass a law where all child characters on television have to be played by adults." I would, you know, in fact, maybe that's a good comedy show. Yeah, no. It's like that Shakespearean thing where all the lady parts are played by by men. men. I don't think it's not about replacing the children. It's just about making sure that the especially in the reality television, that we shouldn't as just empathetic human beings sit back and watch a mother severely overfeed her child. That's child abuse. I, it is child abuse, her, but that's the but whole point of the, the whole point of the for, show is people getting humiliated and right. mistreated, and but you know, it should it's be terrible. It so, sh- but you can't make a reality show about a person who overfeeds their kid if then you're going to say well, you can't overfeed your kid. But right. I, I agree with you. Right. I think I think yeah, people need to ask themselves like what are you, what are you doing? Why are you watching this show? That yeah, person who, great who thinks this is a great, great question, and you know? and that's what the campaign is on the is it worth it pages. Yeah, the biggest thing we can do is not watch, which, of course, I haven't. But I've just, I see pictures and I've read about what the things are that you're doing. And she's Essentially, we're watching a mother set up her daughter for massive health issues in the future, most likely. You know, yeah. Obviously, I'm not a doctor or anything, but uh, most likely. You know, diabetes or uh, just what, whatever else comes with being severely overweight, certainly at a, at a young age like that, or even bulimia later in life because she I wants to like, go the other way. I feel like all those kind – there's so much TV that is just not worth watching, but at the same time compelling. Like if you accidentally wa- start watching some of this stuff, you're sucked in and you're like, I can't believe that this is a thing. In the reality world? In, just in television in general. But we're yeah, we're talking about reality shows. Yeah. You know, we're all at once, you're watching a show about 
what you just said. Yeah. Or, or those hoarder shows. It's like, look, this is sort of this is sort of mean. They're not trying to help these people. They yeah. they act like they're trying to help them. That's exploitation. But somebody who comes in and goes, you've got a whole collection of a bunch of stuff that you don't want, and this person loves that stuff. Oh, yeah. And then you're going to take it away from them, throw it in the trash. You're right. going to have a therapist talk to them for an hour, <laughs> and then you're going to leave, and they're going to be devastated. You've just <laughs> ripped their life out by the roots and right. taken it to the trash and given them whatever you pay them to be in the reality show. Yeah. And now they're just going to start accumulating a bunch of crap again. Yeah, they might. I, I I can't say as I've been sucked into any reality show in a, in several years. I think the last one I watched was that Home Makeover. I, I got into that. I used to be in construction, so I was interested in it. Uh, but as far as TV shows go, boy, you, you give me some Walking Dead, some Sons of Anarchy. I like I the lo- scripted shows. I was watching Sons of Anarchy for, for a season, and then I, f- I felt like it got, like, it starts off seeming like this is a real biker gang, and then stuff has to keep happening you know for it to yeah. be a show sure. you know nobody wants to watch the show where things are then things were pretty okay for a year you know, <laughs> no, nobody wants to say but that's the reality Here's you know what guys I mean? running an automotive shop like, no biggie yeah. in real life you have some terrible shit happen and it takes you a while to get through it and figure it out sure. maybe some other terrible thing happens in the middle of that sure. i can't believe all this stuff is happening but you know i was watching sons of anarchy and it's like man these guys they just cannot catch a break every day yeah yeah no, I love it. I love it. I'm. Uh, it's one of my uh, binge shows on Netflix. I'm two episodes from uh, being totally caught up, so I'm excited uh-huh. about that. But Walking Dead is is. Uh, I love it. I. But but I do complain. There are episodes where uh, where it's just so repetitious. Where I'm like, oh, we almost got bit by a zombie, but we didn't get bit by the zombie. Well, but that's zombies for you. Yeah, I, that's. <laughs> I mean, right? It's yeah, just, no, right. No, I know. You totally got to kill them before they bite you. Everybody knows that. And if they bite you, then you are one. Totally true. Totally true. Yeah, zombies are tricky. I had The Walking Dead. I love The Walking Dead. The first season, great. The second season, sort of like, what? They go and live on the farm. The third yeah. season, was the third season the 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 dude who had his other area? I remember. It's like, it's like when I try to think about which Rocky movie was he was fighting what. I can't remember. Then they're all in the prison. Then they finally, I'm up to the part where they find sanctuary at the end of the railroad line. And you know something weird's going to happen. But that's, so that's, oh. I haven't seen the whole last season because I'm watching on Netflix. So I have to wait for the next season. Oh, so I got to be careful. I I'm all caught up. I can't even be bothered. This is where I'm at, Ramin. I can't even be bothered to TiVo that shit and watch it or DVR it. Uh, TiVo is a brand name of DVR and I do not have a TiVo. I've got a built-in DVR in my right Verizon. I hate them um, oh, yeah? packaged. Oh, yeah, I'm just getting ready to to cancel. Oh, uh, my. I guess everybody hates what they have. I have I have uh, Xfinity and the uh, what's it on demand is uh, sometimes some days it works beautifully, but most of the time it doesn't work at all. But I think they all have glitches. I don't know. Hey, can we jump for a second? You you did a bit tonight about uh, polyamory, real quick, and I, I don't well, know I that said I polygamy, but uh, polygamy, but uh, but yes, I do know about polyamory. Okay, a little bit. I have a yeah. friend who's a polyamorous person. Is that it? Is that a topic that you get into on stage a lot? Not a lot. Does it just kind of? Lot. It, I mean, is it? I'm does prepared it come... to talk about polyamory. Would you want to talk about polyamory? <laughs> well, I think it's a hidden topic in society. I think it's one of those things. Like, will there ever be a movement? Like we earlier, I was talking about gay rights. Will there ever be a movement to push people from the mindset that it has to be two people together 
why 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 does it only why does society say it only has to be two people together and why are you a freak if it's three because it really is more of a secret society nobody well, comes out and says hey i'm polyamorous until you really get to know people but well, everyone presumes about- you're in a couple mm-hmm. well but but often the people that i know who are polyamorous have a primary person and then other secondary relationships you know what i mean you know you, i don't know you're in la right that's yeah. where you live so i my understanding is that in la it's not so much a secret society is that true i think it's a thing that you can say well but well, look we're we're weirdo you have a you have a, a regular person job but but i'm just a comedian all, all the time, time yeah. and so i can tell people whatever i'm doing and people <laughs> can tell me whatever they're doing and nobody's gonna fire me or right, 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 stop right. inviting me to their dinner parties i mean i suppose if i sold some of the parents at, at my kid's school like yeah i'm also having sex with a man too <laughs> no I'm, I'm i'm with my wife but i also i, I mean not that i'm doing that anyways but, but that would be where's the craft geez, show? i don't want to confuse everybody <laughs> my wife doesn't listen to this show but i do not have sex with men on the side of my marriage right but if that's what you do person who's listening yeah I'm, that's cool with yeah. me. Yeah. First I of all, I, I don't believe you at all, but um, I like the <laughs> I disclaimer. Like, I yeah, I think I, I think so. To, so to say that I know what's going on in L.A. because I live there is I know what's going on with my friends, and I feel like okay. somebody told me, and that's my question. They were polyamorous. Right. More and more people are kind of saying that's a thing that they say. Oh, really? Well, I'm polyamorous, or they'll say this is my girlfriend, and then later on they'll kind of just in the conversation but but i'm polyamorous so i i also blah 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 because it's really out here and uh i I don't want to get into it too much but i have some direct knowledge of that type of world and nobody would deign to speak of it in a in a i'll say normative which is a therapy term a normative social scenario because you're gonna get just bombarded. Well, you're going to have to get you're going to do explaining. Mm-hmm. But that's look, that's how it used to be if you said you were a vegetarian. <laughs> when I was in <laughs> Iowa in college, if you said you were a vegetarian, it'd be like, "Well, but you do you drink this or do you eat that or do you what about what if I eat it? Then does that make you mad or or, or man, back in the 80s or 70s, if you said you were an alcoholic, people were like, but you can have one drink, right? It's like they didn't get okay. it. Okay. And so so how long has that been? Ten years? How long has it taken for the vegans to be able to come out and not feel like freaks? Well, I think oh, they still, long, I How think, long has it been since the 80s? Ten years. In, I'm I, a genius. I think in some, conver- in some circles, that's still a conversation that you have to have Is it? about those things. But um, but that I, that's partially also because when you say you're polyamorous, people just don't know what that means because it can mean a lot of different things and and what it doesn't mean is i fuck around on my wife and she doesn't know about it that's right. not what it means no. but that is the thing that some people think that it means and it also to me it does not mean um i we go to a party and then everybody puts, puts, puts their keys, keys in, in a bowl and then yeah. we have sex with each other right but then we go back and we're married to our wives and we're right. angry about it but nobody <laughs> says anything <laughs> You know, sounded like a good party until right I feel then. like polyamory means you're you're allowed to do that kind of stuff, but you have to be very open and honest about it. And nobody's cheating on each other in the sense that they're not lying or deceiving or doing something that would be a betrayal or a feeling hurting. Hurt I think, yeah, I mean, polyamory has it. I think it has its own defined relationship parameters, and because you know, amorous and amory, of course, uh, presumes l- love or some type of 
endearing quality toward the other party. Because then you got your swingers, which to me is the curse word of the polyamory world, because that's the one that everybody goes to. You know, you're swingers, and you're like, ah, you know, it, 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 not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> well, everybody's that allowed phrase, to do what they want to do as long as nobody's hurting yeah, another person. And hurting right. another person is not just physically hurting, it's right. emotionally hurting. Right. But and polyamory, so, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, is is a understood relationship between three or more people, whereas there's an open marriage scenario, which is... It doesn't have to be that at all. Disassociated relationships. Yeah, I think an open marriage to me means we're married and we know that the other person is doing something with someone else, but we don't know right. much. Of, we're trying not to know much about it. Yeah. Well, maybe. Sometimes you know much about it. But if this is the 80s, I should come back and talk to you about this in 20 years, 25 years. It's not the 80s now. What do you right, want to but know? I mean, if, the, if, if what do if, I want? What do you want to tell me? In, That's what I. Really I don't want to tell know. anything. I just I wanted to discuss the topic, uh, float over top of it, and discuss it with a with an intelligent. Oh, you just adult. want to float over the top? Of it? I floated over. Well, my a little main bit. thing. I mean, I'll tell you about myself because I am married and I am monogamous, right? And I believe my wife is monogamous, right? But we are separated a lot of the times, right. so that our relate that is based on trust, and I feel like if. If that trust was betrayed, my feelings would be hurt. Right. But if my wife said to me, look, it's import- I've decided it's important to me. I can't live monogamous. I, I can't just be exclusive. I need to also do this. I would really have to think about, like, am I going to be okay with that? Is that, is that a... Does that feel threatening? But then what would it be threatening to? It would be threatening to my marriage. But then what What am I going to do? Say, well, that's a threat to my marriage, so I'm just going to throw my marriage away. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. No, like, I believe me. Yes. I mean, I'm insinuating, obviously, that I have a very direct knowledge of this. And, I, and I'll tell you, yeah, it, uh, my friend says... <laughs> That it Jesus starts with, I mean, come I on. know, all right, yeah, yeah. It, it starts with a whole lot of pain. For me, for, for me it did. Uh, but it, uh, but it, it wanders into some, yeah, I have days, you know, I have days, because it was it wasn't necessarily my impetus, but, you know, uh, but the, the more and more that world exists, uh, the more normal I can feel about it. But I do sometimes feel like a closeted homosexual. Where I don't want to talk about anything. Well, like this is the first time that anyone other than close friends of mine that I want to have knowledge of it would know about it, and I'm uncomfortable right now. Would do you want to not have this be it's a cool. thing that people can listen to? I brought it up, okay? <laughs> um, because that to me is well. First of all, I think most people, if they were not familiar with polyamory. Or, or or any of the other versions of what we're talking about, their assumption would be it's the dude who wants to get this rolling. It's the guy who wants right. to be with other ladies and right. he wants to he wants to be able to do that and he says to his wife, Look, I'm cool if you want to do that too, until the first time she does it and then he's freaked out about it. Right. But what what we're talking about the, the example that I suggested and then what you were talking about is yeah. the, it's the woman's idea. And she says this. And so I feel like as the guy who that hadn't occurred to, yeah. if it was me, my first reaction obviously would be like, does this mean that you don't want to be with me? Does yeah. this mean oh, yeah. that, I'm, the that there's something wrong with me that I'm lacking? What, what could I do to make you not feel like that? That's part of it. And the other part of it is my goal in getting married was 
I want to make you happy. So there was a lot of mm-hmm. sadness too, and I'm not making her happy. But that also freed me to be able to say, do what you got to do to be happy, because that was always the goal in marriage. Be happy. That's what I'm right. here for. I'm, I'm here to be part of your happiness. If I'm not contributing to that, then while I'm upset about it, I still want to contribute to your happiness, either directly or indirectly. Um, right. But is there some, is it just about variety or is it there's some thing I would be like, is it just, you just want to be with a different man or, or is it there's something that I could change about what I'm doing? Yeah. Or, it would man, almost man be or easier. woman, let's say. Yeah. If, if my wife said, Oh, I, I, I don't want to be with another guy. I want to be with a lady. I would mm-hmm. be like, well, I guess I get that cause I'm not a lady. So I yeah. can't uh, do lady stuff. I can yeah. do some, I can do, you know, that's an you know emotion. What I'm talking that's about. an emotion I'm familiar with. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird, man. And it's, you know, are you saying you are familiar with a situation where a lady wants to be with another lady? Uh, it could be, it could be, it could be, it's, uh, you can see I'm having a hard time. What about, what are you familiar with a situation about a lady who wants to be with another man? I'm familiar with that situation, but I'm not directly familiar with its result. You know what I'm saying? I'm familiar with the suggestion. Hmm. How's that? How's that? It all started with a lot of pain. And I was like, ah, and it's me, and it's, ah, and it's, oh, and it's not. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been three years since the ball started rolling, and it's sort of developed over years. Coats of paint, as it were, where it didn't start as the whole package, and then it became a little bit more and a little bit more. And each time it would, it would, it would hurt a little bit and hurt a little bit more, but... I don't know if it's like emotional endorphins kicking in or whatever, but there are days where I'm totally fine with it. And obviously there are perks, but there are days where I'm really upset about it. Because is the other too. lady around then and you're around and there's three of you around? Sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, sometimes. And there's not, but it's another, not it's and, all, there's, and there's not another dude. No, no, I'm not. I, I don't go that way. That would, but then, that would be a huge relief in a lot of ways because it would be like, you can only do that sex on the side and I can only do this sex on the side. But when it's the dual sexes, it's just you and I. That would have been lovely. But unfortunately, I don't swing that way. But. I'm, I'm slightly confused. Me because, too, I think. Uh, I'm not interested in men. but uh, No, but is she interested in men? Interested, yes, but that's not been happening. It's it's on the table. It's it's currently under negotiations. But what about what do you do then? Because you are you're allowed to be outside I have, the marriage with other people. I have rights, uh, uh-huh. but you're not into other dudes. No, I bet. I mean, you look good in that suit, though. That would free you. Yeah, no, I like you too. Pretty. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're in this green room all no, alone that's a, right now. That's, it's really is a that is a kind of a. Um, I mean, we're not the first people to suggest that, but if if your wife is with another woman, that's not a freaky thing to find out if it happened in the past or if it's going on. If, if it's going on now during your marriage, I understand it can be a little off putting. Yeah, but if if my wife found out, oh yeah, I blew a guy one time. Yeah, I'd be like, what? Right. It's not a thing that guys. Yeah. Or, you know, we just, that's not. No, no, that it's not social. It's not hot. And we really, after, well, after 11 hot, years of marriage and three kids in the it, States anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> in the States. Well, it, I think in, in, uh, in, uh, Britain, you hear about this, uh, boys, you know, boarding school kind of thing 
where they they might all have a little bit of a gay experience in their past, and then it's like that that shit happened. And good on them. Yeah, and why fine. not? There's a lot like of social prison. stigma. Gay for the stay. You've heard that expression. How's it go? Gay for the stay. I haven't heard that. When you're in prison. Oh, gay for the stay. Got it. Got it. Yeah, there's so much social stigma. This is a battle I have, and this is this the is social what, stigma about the, the th- um, uh, experimental uh, s- sexual interests. There's a ton of stigma about uh, polyamory, open marriages, swingers, all that mm-hmm. stuff. But well, and, there's so and, many questions. I mean, obviously. If, if this was a topic that you were more comfortable with, we, yeah. I would ask you more direct questions. I'm becoming more comfortable. But I do. I feel like a closeted homosexual. I want to come out with it. I want to go, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in this open marriage and I'm and I feel weird about it. Uh, but but I'm still happy. I'm still doing it. I got three kids and I, it's not worth losing the family over. Well, it's not worth losing your marriage over for you. I mean, that's what I was saying is the first thing is like, well, this is a threat to my marriage. So I'm going to quit my marriage and go get a marriage that it's not threatened by this. Right. It's like, well, right. but then you what? don't want to throw that away. But possibly if you had known that this was coming down the road, the show's starting now. Yeah. If you would know this. It's just getting hot in here too. Yeah. Ooh. If you had known that this was coming down the road, you might have, you might have not had had the kids three kids in a marriage with her. there's an absolute possibility but, but, of that but i will say this but you can't but that's a hypothetical and a time totally. travel we and my wife is amazing great wife great mom great person she's a person that can compartmentalize a sexual activity i'm learning that skill and i think a lot of it is erasing my social programming and i don't think that i'm convincing myself of that the longer this goes yeah i think some of it's erasing your social programming but i think some of it is like look Guys have forever wanted to believe that their the geni- man. their genitals were not hooked up to their feelings, their heart. Okay, and yes. That, that like I can I I'm I'm fucking this person, but I'm never right. going to marry her. And then I know so many guys who yeah. they played that for five years or ten years with yeah. a woman, and then she said, "Well, look, I'm going to break up with you if you don't want to marry me." And then that's when they realized, "Oh, I no. love you. I love yeah, you." Yeah, well, I'm marry. totally not that guy. Or I never realize- have been. I'm an emotional lover all the way through. I've never yeah, been too. a hookup guy. I've never been a hey, I'm a, I'm a you know, one night stand. I'm going to pick her up at a bar and fuck her. But I it's think, not but I way. think, as much as I'm that emotional guy, I think that the sex is connected to my emotion. Like, yeah. if my wife and I are having troubles and then we have sex, it's like, oh, yeah, I love this person. Yeah. They're my source of that. Awesome. You know? And so so that it could be confusing to me because that's how I am. Dude, it's confusing to me. And then if I'm having sex with another woman who's not my wife, how, how do I make sure that I don't fall in love with that person. It's a risk. And then, and it's then a what, risk. If, what if accidentally I do, then I got to tell myself that's bad now that I'm in love with two ladies at the same time. Yeah. And then is my wife going to have her feelings hurt? Or what if she falls in love with some other guy that she's sleeping with and I then get my feelings hurt? I mean, there's, it's just like, that's the thing with polyamory is there's a lot of new ways to get your feelings hurt. Dude. Absolutely. And super complex. And I will tell you, it is a hard emotional life. But we're still great partners. Love our kids madly. Uh, you know, it, good, good parents. Like I said, she's a great mom and everything. I have no qualms with the way we are together. And uh, and there are days where I have no qualms with the thought of uh, extracurricular activity. Um, and I'm, I'm mean, more and more. Co- you I'm, mean sex? You having her what, having? What sex you talking with about? I'm not talking. Who that? What's that? Some friend of mine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are times, uh, man. 
it's uh, it's a What's weird, your it's a weird thing role. about it. I my favorite thing, my favorite thing, Jay. Good question is I like to flirt. Like I like to flirt my balls off. I like to get, and I like having the opportunity to be able to do that and not feel like an asshole about it. Mm-hmm. But I like to stop short of the actual i'm having sex now oh. i like to get as far as you would right you would you would okay cool i gotta well, go that, and that is exactly that's what i realized when i decided to be married was yeah. that you know I, I was i was i had been with a lot of women and then i had to yeah, and i had enjoyed their company and all of that but then sometimes you realize, look, there's a personality thing with this particular oh, woman. Oh, yeah. And so I don't want to be in a relationship with her. Yeah. And then it got to be where it's that, that feeling that they want to be with you is what you're looking for. And then once you yeah. have that, you don't need to have sex with them anymore. But so I, so I do get that. There's a lot of that, yeah. And, I, and I'm a person, I think we're uh, parallel in this. I, I need to like an entire person. You know? Like, I, I would never fuck a, a, a supermodel racist. <laughs> I just couldn't. <laughs> I, just I do like the idea of a racist supermodel. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. there's a market so, for so it. So we've got two ideas to incorporate into our scripted reality show. Right, we right. have the children being played by adults <laughs> and then a racist supermodel. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shaved I just, heads, I'm loving, yeah. Who can we get to play the racist supermodel? Because oh, it's got to be somebody who really looks like I don't a supermodel. Know. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe she'll get involved in the triad with me and my wife. That'd be cool. I'm a, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Not really. Dude, grass is always weird because it's not I like a collegiate thing. Like in college, it's like, yeah, fuck this. It's not like that. It's so complex. If anybody out there is considering it, it's a lot of damn work. I'll be, and I'm only at the cusp of it. I'll be honest with you. Well, I guess if you're dealing with two ladies, well, sometimes it could turn into a situation where you're like, hey, what do I, what do, I do while you're doing that? Um <laughs> It is a new. It's a new experience. Where yeah, I, I'm. Uh, sometimes I'm at the precipice, and I'm like, what? Uh, what's the function? What am I? What, what's, what's my role? Precipice. What do you? Yeah, at the edge. I'm at the. Point I'm at the, the point where on this doll. I, <laughs> I'm at the point where I feel like I sh- I should be doing something, but I don't know exactly what it is. Right. Well, they they're taking care of each other a little bit, and then little you're, bit. you can you can take care of yourself, or you can kind of wait for an opportunity. Or I suppose, I suppose. Yeah. But but my thing with the guy fantasy of three way, which is, and you got to remind people there are two kinds of three way, right? You know, and we're talking about the kind where it's one man and two ladies, right? That uh, you know. I think in the guy fantasy version of that is like, look, I'm doing all the making ladies happy business. You know, they're doing stuff with each other, but mostly then it's me. I'm going to close the deal on both of these ladies. And that's too much responsibility. No. It's like, I got a lot of responsibility making one lady happy. Oh, yeah. Dude. And let alone, like, we're going to get two, three ladies in here at the same time. I've like, been in a, a couple it. of situations, and I'll tell you, I spend most of my time being nervous as shit. I'm not that manly. Or whatever that word is. I, I, I don't know what the... I don't want to be... A, like, how, how do you know? Like, whoop, I'm done. <laughs> yes, I got, I'm going to go. You guys good? I got to say, yeah. You know, I just... I, I've been pretty nervous in the back. It's not like, you know, it's not like this raging sex, at least not in my experience, where everybody's like happy and doing it and swapping. And I just, I spend most of my time in my head. And, and I'm pretty heady, even still. Mm-hmm. I'm trying... I need to get rid of that. Or... Man, I, my options are get rid of the heady and enjoy this version of life, 
divorce or suppression of of uh, my wife and and i'm and i'm what do you mean suppression of your wife to tell her no you can't you may not. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Right, exactly. Good luck with telling anyone, no, you're not. Exactly. Well, but you could and say I don't want to create unhappiness. You could say to her, boy, this really, this really is a lot for me and it hurts my feelings. Is there a, right. way, that, is there a way that you can tone it down? Or, yeah. And she would respect the hell that. out of you it. And she, would, and, tr- and she would try and try and try. But at the end of the day, I know, at this point, I know that it would not be her, uh, t- it wouldn't be total happiness for her. And that hurts mm. me. And I can't have that for her. Because yeah. I love her. Maybe she's going to grow out of it. Hey, who knows? And then at that point, I'll be like, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. But I can still see. I yeah, I mean, you're I fine. Me that. and you. But. It's me and that same lady that you just broke up with. <laughs> We're going to be, it's going to be, you don't have to, I'm just, I'm going out. Yeah. I'll be back. I'm going to go see her. Yeah. Should I tell you, say hi? I got to run. <laughs> Oh, hell. I guess I got to go on in a minute. I know. We should wrap this up. Well, this has been a good conversation between shows. Yeah. People always wonder, like, what do you talk about between shows? This is it. Club? This has got to be we the probably best between show conversation I've had. We probably would have done this anyway. <laughs> well, we were sort of talking about this the other day, but it wasn't on microphones. Right, 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 right. right. So, but uh, I people, think we said more off the mic. Maybe next time. I'll get, we'll get. Maybe next time. Well, this is not going to come out right today. Right. So if you change your mind, I cannot put this out. But I just want people who are listening to know that we had that conversation, and you yeah. could have you could have said no. But yep. So, so this is out there. I brought it up, and I will tell you, I I have discomfort about it, but at the same time, I'm a little relieved. Well, you know what the other thing is that I would say about this is this may not just be about you. There may be somebody listening to this who's in a similar situation who's really struggling with, like, I need yeah. to talk to somebody or I wonder if these feelings are similar to anybody else has been in this situation. Yeah, so I've had to call a couple of people, referrals. I've been in a meetup group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. It's a heavy topic, and, and, and that's part of it. I feel like there is a lot of suppression about it in society. So two things. Uh, I, I, I out myself as being in an open marriage there, and now I said it. And also uh, oh, never... Polyamorous. Can, not, not no, open. it's an open marriage. It's not polyamorous because I'm not... We're not looking for emotions with a third person. And I think that's what defines polyamory. Oh, really? Okay. No, no it's, it's it's just open. It's uh, individual activity and or uh, a third party. If if that. But you still have to talk about feelings. Oh so. yes. Oh yeah. yes. We it, dude communication between is, you two and then the, the other person. What if yeah. they have feelings? Yeah, that's a risk. It's a risk. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to find a person who doesn't have feelings. <laughs> They're out there. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> No, because like I said, we're both we both of us, my wife and I, we have to like an entire person. So yeah. it's it's not like every weekend we're we're pretty picky, pretty mm-hmm. picky. Luckily, thank God, as I'd hate it if she was just like, oh fuck anything, which she's not at all. Luckily, we're both very picky. So are you? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, right. I got to get on. You got to go. Thanks, Romy, for being uh, on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure. You're great. I'm a little exhausted, but I love it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> right on. Ladies and gentlemen, you've listened to that, and now I know you're anxious for the other thing, as promised. And it's coming right up. So this is a conversation that I had on Wednesday, the night uh, the night the lights went out in Georgia. No. The night the lights went out in uh, the Ed Sullivan Theater, 
uh, after the final David Letterman show. I watched it in my hotel there, uh, May 20th, 2015, with my friend Frank Gannon, who used to be the segment producer on the show. There was some doubt in my mind about the exact title of the job that he had, but we straightened that out pretty early on. And then also the word that we're looking for is symmetry, and that's what it was. It was symmetry. Symmetry. Frank was a big part of my early days on that show, and so it was really nice to watch the final episode of the show with him. Now, whether that conversation is of interest to anyone besides ourselves, ha ha, this is how you find that out, ladies and gentlemen. You post it on the internet, and you allow people to listen to it, and perhaps enjoy it as they walk around some body of water near the house in a con- contemplative, contemplative mood as they think about the choices that they've made in their life, including this one, and, of course, the decision to buy their plane tickets to London, England, to enjoy my week at the Soho Theatre. So, without further ado, as promised, this and then that, this now is my that, which is my conversation in my hotel room in Washington, D.C., with my friend, Frank Gannon. strange room yeah well they this is one of the weirdest kind of hotels that i stay you know i think i lived in this room i've told you this and this is of no interest to anybody well it is it's historically interesting but in 1978 you were in the same hotel room when it was owned by some other it was an apartment building called the canterbury as i recall Mm -hmm. and i know i lived on the second floor and we're on the second floor this could be the hotel room I, uh, but you're prone to flights of fancy. Yes, and I'm heavily medicated. So we've just watched the final episode of the David Letterman show, and you were the talent. Was it talent coordinator? Was your job? No, no. What was your job? Second producer. I was the host. You were the host of the David Letterman show. The very, the very beginning before, uh, before it was on in the morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, before the morning show. Um. But then during the during the actual show to which you refer, I was the segment producer, and I was one of the segments. That's how you we were, were a segment. You a, were one of my many. You were one of, of segments. many segments. But and you then, were that was then the as it was, and uh, you were a memorable segment. You were a keeper segment. Yeah, well, I've been back uh, many times. We we got yes, to, you were uh, kept. You were I was on enough segment. times that we were able to become friends during the time that you worked for the show. And then you've moved on from the show. Yes. I've remained behind. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but in a much more limited than your job capacity on the show. Um, but, yeah, it's a, I, I, I thought it was great that I happened to be in Washington, D.C., and we could watch the last show together because I feel like our friendship is one of the great things that I got out of that show. I feel the same thing, and I thought it is. It's a nice, what would you call it? <laughs> It's a word that begins with S. It's not a synchronicity. It's a word that begins with S and ends with Y. But it's sentimentality. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, but it's a nice, and it begins with a C and it ends with E. But it's not coincidence. It's a nice. Uh, um, 
symmetry. I think that ends with a that's Y. The, well, that's S and Y. Okay, yeah, okay, good. I was, I was, was oh, I got onto the C one, and then I, yeah, I got yeah, lost. Okay, but uh, yeah, it was it was it, it, it was a nice coincidence that I happened to be in town, and this is the last episode we could kind of watch it together because I don't know if I would have watched the last episode now while it was on live if it hadn't been for this symmetry. I because I haven't been watching the show live that much nor have i so we we continue to have a lot in common and that's one of those things so but for you being here uh because i don't have a television so you've given up television uh, no oh no 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 i watch a lot of television but if i had a television i would watch infomercials i would watch it all the time so you don't so have you have zero I do not have a television set at all no television just computers just computers and thanks to Hulu shout out to Hulu which does not deserve a shout out because it's a terrible thing uh, and they extract money from you and then they force you with just watch more commercials than you would watch even if you had a television and watched commercials but and the commercials are repetitive on Hulu <laughs> yes yes it's not only are you watching yes. more commercials yes. but you're watching the same commercials over and over I watched an episode one of these last episodes of uh, Letterman on the computer on the CBS website on my computer and it was the one with Oprah I got about halfway through but that was enough of the show that I had seen two or three times an ad for a, a, a some medication that you take if you're uh, bipolar and being you know I've been depressed I've suffered for oh, I've yeah been there done that and I've never gone out to get medication and I understand by but I've considered it, and bipolar is more dramatic than depression, I think, right? Yes, I yeah. think on both ends. And the medication that you take to solve your bipolar issue has got some serious side effects where they, they actually, it goes on and on, and then they warn you, and don't, stay away from grapefruit juice. <laughs> oh, because that can be a real problem with that medication. Well, you know, great for, I can't take, uh, I take, uh, for the last 25 years, I've taken a morning blood pressure pill. Uh-huh. And you cannot take that with within an hour of grapefruit juice. So what is this thing about grapefruit juice? I don't juice? know what it is about grapefruit juice. It's but the it sinister made, citrus. But they've turned something that was sort of the <laughs> flagship of something that's good for you into like, yeah, no, don't. Don't accidentally. Well, no, that's not entirely true. Grapefruit juice? Are you kidding? As the, as the flagship juice? of things that we're... Orange, orange juice I'd is the orange flagship. Juice, orange juice is the flagship. Is the flagship yeah. But that's only because the, the, they couldn't get enough people interested grapefruit in grapefruit juice. Grapefruit juice might be the tender that, that sails out to the flagship to supply it <laughs> with orange mm-hmm. juice. Yeah, well, then maybe my analogy breaks down a little bit. But I felt like by what I meant was it would be grapefruit juice if it was... Grapefruit juice is really better for you than orange juice, but it it's not be, as sweet, and so it, it doesn't get the publicity. That, if it were sweeter, it would be grapefruit juice. Do you ever think of that? It would be what? Grapefruit juice. Grapefruit great, juice. Great, yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're really at your best this time of night. <laughs> um, well, I think we've covered the grapefruit juice and the... yeah. Oh, the worst! The worst offender, even worse than Hulu, is PBS uh, with their with Viking cruises. Mm. If you watch uh, and Ralph Lauren, 
There are two ads. If you watch uh, any PBS series, Masterpiece Theater. Is this online? On If you watch it again, if you don't have a television, so you watch everything on your computer, you yeah. can watch PBS on the pbs.org website. And uh, within 24 hours of its first broadcast, so all these series that one watches on PBS, and they have two ads that uh, it's, it's PBS, but if you watch it on your computer, they put ads into it. Yeah. And uh, and are they are for two things, Ralph Lauren, and somebody ought to get to Ralph and tell him that that's not a good ad. It does not put his best foot forward. And uh, even though it's well shod, it is not his best foot. And uh, Viking Cruises. Yeah, I... I- feel like the amount of ads that they make you watch, I can't speak for PBS.org, but for Hulu, the amount of ads that I have to watch, there's no ad that can stand up to that kind of repetition <laughs> before it starts to work the opposite. You know? yeah. Oh, you've, yeah. yeah. You, I resent, mean, you resent the people who make it. <laughs> to the point Much where... Much less who market it. But I guess, I guess it's sort of genius to advertise a, a, um, a manic depressive ad because you there must be something wrong with you that you've watched this long enough on the internet that they're showing you this ad over and over it makes you i I feel like this it's it's almost a symptom of something by the third time you see the ad you go i would have turned this off if there wasn't something wrong with me now of course if you see it if you watch it in the two modes you would have a completely different reaction to it you can watch every show twice. No, no. If you were, if you, you if, yes, if you, yes, depending on which mode you are in or mood mm. mood you are in, mm. it would be a different ad. It's like the river; it's never the same one twice. Yeah, and the up can be as dangerous as the down. I think. As well, well, I think more so. Yeah, yeah, because you do impulsive things on the uh, on the up. Internet gambling. Have you ever got into that? <laughs> I mean, no, me neither. I don't know that we're really going to talk about the last. Yeah, this is for the. Are we? Are we we're not going to talk about Frank. We're not going to talk about the last Dave. Well, it was a long show. Was it longer than usual? Uh, yes, I think it. Yes, uh, by my watch, it was ten to fifteen minutes longer. It was very clippy and thanky, gratitude-y, which yes. is nice. Um, there was the top ten list. It was sort of the top ten list, and then the Foo Fighters song was the original content, and everything else was kind of him. Yes. Showing clips and and a kind of grateful thank you to his staff and whatnot. It wasn't a, it wasn't a sample of it wasn't an example of his best original creative work. It was more of a I, I don't know. It was it was kind of like an acceptance speech or not a not an acceptance speech, but a but a, a goodbye, a farewell. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that was the. <laughs> well, right. So that that was sort of the job description. Mm. Uh, you can never go wrong with clips. I can remember at uh, in during my years at uh, NBC, the clip shows, the annual clip shows, were were uh, very difficult to produce because partly because it was an embarrassment of riches, but also because you had to watch a lot of stuff. To you got to go back now. Would would people be making notes during? You were supposed. Shows? You were supposed. Like, so you were, the, you were supposed to. You're supposed to say, "Oh, yes. tonight that yes. was a good thing. We got to yes. at that." And I'm sure that within the next, within within the first couple of weeks after the clip show, after the angst and the the storm und 
uh, drang of the clip show, you would then be very assiduous and would actually make We're notes. not going to let this happen again, but it's yeah. still it's pretty hard to know in the first two months of the year that something is going to be so funny compared to the other 10 months that you haven't even seen yeah. yet. Well, that's that the idea. That you just make a note that this, this would be a, the ideal note would be, this would be a potential candidate for the next clip show. Mm-hmm. And, but you still have to watch everything. You would still, sure yeah, you, you would still have something. to watch everything. And as I recall, the, the years were divided up amongst the several staff members that worked on it. And then, of course, me, uh, speaking for myself, uh, I would let that go. You, know, you would have a month in which to do that, and I would let it go until the last until the last of the minute, and then yes. watch. So the pressure, watch, watch yeah. three months of shows yeah. in one night. And yeah. then, as I recall, we would do during one of the dark weeks. We would stay. Well, the staff usually worked, but Dave wouldn't. Dave would take vacations, and then, but Dave did not take a vacation, and we would be in the office for that week, uh, sifting through watching the clips. After mm-hmm. they after they had been selected or not by the individuals, they would then be uh, Kathy, uh, blanking on her married name uh, now, Mavrakis was there then, and uh, she would uh, excerpt them, and then we would watch the excerpts, and, and then they do would the be final rated. kind of winnowing down. Yes, although it, over a period of a week, so it would be a lot of winnowing. Yeah, it doesn't sound like. It doesn't sound like a good time. Uh, well, I, in the one well, sense, it was, it it was a lot fun. of fun. It wasn't necessarily a good time, but it was a lot of fun. And then the pro- the, the product was was really satisfying because the mm-hmm. shows. And of course, it's an art and a science. I mean, part of the the in a way, the science is well, it's part art and part science. It's 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 selecting the good clips and then uh, the universe of good clips and then balancing them and making mm-hmm. them work together within a show. Uh, with a pace and a right. rhythm and a uh, right, so that was and it was, it was fun. It, no, I it would, wasn't fun. It was satisfying. I wish that those shows that would be a great that weekly, would be a great uh, week. Yes, yeah, to watch yes. thirty-three yep. year recap clip shows yeah. of Letterman. I would love to do that for the next thirty-three weeks. Why isn't that happening? Who who do we go to? <laughs> I don't know. Who do we where go? on the internet do you ask? Yeah, that where do to, I go? How do I get that? Suggest that. I don't know. I think we just did it. Maybe to the president of Hulu. He's not on our side. That guy's working against us. If there is even a president, I think Hulu is just a thing. It's a mathematical equation that's just, they hooked it up and they what is, programmed something to make that happen. We're not. What is the derivation of Hulu? What was the meet, or does it stand for something? What, what, what was the meeting at which they said, what will we call this service? service right where we will provide recently warmed over television to people who don't have television what is Hulu for is it for people who have televisions and want to see I think don't have on demand Hulu is the network's answer to people our shows are being pirated on the internet and people are watching it without us making any money so if we put our own shows on the internet so it is only on the internet money off of it 
Yeah, Hulu, yeah. Hulu invented itself by these networks getting together and saying, how do we combat these pirates because people are stealing our shows for free? Right. And they, nobody bothered to say, look, people are going to keep stealing them if you try and make them do something that they, they don't want to watch commercials. You can get them to do a little bit of what they don't want to do if you make it easier than stealing. But if you make it so miserable, then it's only people who just can't be really bothered to try and figure out another way to do it. And why is it called Hulu? Which is that I don't a, know. It's not a terribly that, that your, I did engaging your or question. prepossessing name. It's kind of silly and frivolous. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of some joke that involves a guy named Lou. <laughs> or Hula. Hula. Yeah. I, I, know, I don't know. It's a four-letter word beginning with H and ending with... Like most things you talk about on the Internet, you could probably look this up on the Internet and find out why it's called Hulu. In fact, that might be a better use. Use of our time. Our time. Yeah. In the old days, it would have been the first initials of uh, the four, like they used to name Broadway theaters. Mm-hmm. Harry, Ulrich, Larry, yeah. and, and Ulrich. Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> and the interesting thing is they never knew each other until they... The two Ulrichs, yeah. 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 It was, that's a huge coincidence. What are, the, what are the chances of that? What if they were twin brothers and their <laughs> Separated their parents by... just... Like, I don't know, you can't tell them apart, so why, why don't we give them the same name? What could go wrong with them psychologically? And that's why they advertise the um, manic depressive medication, because they're both seriously um, affected by the fact that they have the same name and they look identical. Ulrich and Ulrich, I mean. And they argue constantly over which one is first in the name. No, that's me. No, it's the Ulrich. Do you see what I'm saying? I, Do you follow uh, me at all? I, I'm, I'm, I feel like this is a little more entertaining than you're letting on. You're playing your cards pretty close to the vest on this, Frank. Is, is entertaining the operative? I don't know. We're, I think okay. we're both tired. Uh, maybe we could try and do this again. We can have a conversation some other time. I thought it would be good to talk right after well, the it show. Well, it is. While it's, it was it's, fresh it's, it's, mind, it's, it's, it's more historic than it is good, as it's turned out. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. a nice. This was is a nice. snapshot. Yeah. You know, you take a lot of pictures, and you don't put them all in the album. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe the emotion of the program has sapped fill in that blank well yeah the, I, I have to say that it's not so much the program it's just the idea that that this thing that was such a big part of my life is done but i mean i had a personal involvement in the, well i guess everyone who just watched the show had a personal involvement in it it's uh, but like all shows that end some other show now we're going to watch another show for the next 33 years well that's true but it's or it's accurate but it's not necessarily true because I think it would be very difficult to do yes, what Dave has done There is something to now. be said that partly because he is a unique talent, just because he's unique, uh, as we are all unique in our own ways. We're all snowflakes. But also in terms of the development of the medium and the development of comedy and the society that he reflected, uh, that, will, that river will never be the same again. And in terms of the... the uh, the, the, the development of media and the impact of media on the lives of of ordinary people that won't be the same again. So we'll never be that innocent, that comparatively innocent. Well, and also, uh, will anyone be able to hold that many people's attention for thirty three mm-hmm. years? I mean, I just don't. It just doesn't seem like as loved as 
anyone is now that they're going to be around 33 years from now doing the same kind of show, even if it's that kind of show. It just doesn't seem like that can happen. It, it, that can't, but if, if, if it is true, as it seems to be being said, that, his, that Dave's uh, contribution to comedy and to society was the not the invention of irony, but the promulgation of irony or the introduction of irony into everyday life and particularly into the everyday life of young people. And that may be a difference that people in colleges are not in common rooms the way they used to be to watch televisions. Uh, the, 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 the television set and gathering around the television set in order to watch a show is kind of a past concept, and particularly for that demographic cohort. So to the extent that that's true, I guess it's possible that some uh, comedian or some host at some time will introduce some new concept of humor or a, a different point of view, and that will be entertaining or in, uh, that will be original and entertaining and engaging enough that people will watch that, and maybe that will be a change. But uh, but Dave uh, and that contribution, and for for a generation uh, of what. 33 years that's i mean that's all that's i think in the biblical days a generation uh in literal biblical terms a generation was 30 years so was it i thought we so well i don't want to get in, digress too much but i thought a generation was a shorter period like eight years almost but but in terms of you're talking about from from when you're born until when you would have a child i or, well you weren't having you'd have children <laughs> Not when I was thirty-three. Yeah, I mean that. No, no, but no. but in in by your definition, you could say that was a generation. But I'd always heard it was more like eight years or twelve years, and then you'd consider that in the next generation after you. Oh, I think I think that's mainly that's like computers, or that's I think, that yeah. was like that was like when Sony introduced the Walkman. We'd have to look this. It up was generation. I think biblically. And I'm not a fighting man or a betting man, so I would not fight or neither fight nor bet on this. I think. And my, my education in that in this whole area, as in most areas, is deficient. But I, my impression was that in biblical terms, a generation was 30 years. When they talked in the Bible mm-hmm. about a generation, it was 30, 30 years. 30 years. Well, anyway, it's hard to imagine. Well, John so, Stewart had a pretty long run with his show, but he's thrown in the towel at uh, well shy of 12 shy years. of 30, 30. And this is and 33. Tosh.0, oh, I think, would kind of fit the description of sort of a modern thing that young people are into Mm -hmm. but i don't i I, he's not he's going to be doing some other thing i don't know how many years in he is now three five Uh, i would i don't think he's going to my guess would be four to five yeah it's not going to be another 20 amy schumer she's now in third season her show is like a sketch show though it is it is yeah yeah, that's that's a sketch saturday night live she's up against saturday night live oh is she well, no, I'm saying there. That's, oh, it, that's as the as kind a of a show, genre yeah. of a thing, yeah. maybe. But uh, Saturday Night Live is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Well, we will not see. We have seen his. We have just seen his like, and we will not see his like again. Yeah. Well, even if it's a show that's on now, it's going to be a while. I enjoyed Sting. I thought that was one of my favorite parts Sting, of the show. Sting singing Every Breath You yeah. Take as the intro to the yes. next show. But the, the acoustic, the the acoustic uh, Every Step. 
Every breath you take. Yeah. Well, I did like that as well. Well, and he changed the lyrics, didn't he? He said, "We've been." I thought he said, "We've, we've been, been watching. we've been watching you." Mm, which, that sting. He's clever. Yeah. Yeah. His real name is Gordon. Don't 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 get. Not much gets past Sting. No, he's a, he's a no flies on Sting. Oh, and he's grown that kind of hipster beard. He has, he has. that big beard where he <laughs> seems like he might be distilling his own whiskey in his house <laughs> or vermouth. I've got a friend who's going to distill his own vermouth. That's his dream: is to distill vermouth. It's a dream. Yeah, it's a dream. The last time I saw him, he had his taste. These different vermouths, not that he had distilled, but that he had bought. And it was kind of an aspirational, like, one day I hope to make a vermouth as good as this. Here, taste it. And uh, what what are the grades of flavor in vermouth? Oh, boy. Sweet there's, and sweet and sweet, dry, I Yeah, well, he's more talking about yeah. the, the, the sweet vermouths. And uh, so it's like a wine uh, cognac. What kind of equipment do you need to distill your own vermouth? I think you need a still. A still? Uh, a still. A copper still? Or a yeah, there's some metal still. There's some, you know, fermenting and then cooking and then... And what are the ingredients of vermouth? Distilling. Ver and mouth. And mouth, yeah. The voice comes from here in the United States, but I don't know where you get the the mouth. I think you have to go to Canada for that. Why is it called vermouth? I have lots of questions. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, so far. Man, this is the fastest. We got into the weeds on Hulu, and then... uh, Vermouth. Well, aren't you interested? I'm always interested, and I'm interested that most people, or a lot of people, a lot of the people I meet, aren't interested in names. Why are people? Why are things called the things they're called? So vermouth, Hulu. How did we get onto the? Yeah, yeah. I Hulu is a good question. I um, I couldn't tell you. Well, Sorry, that cuts out a lot of <laughs> small talk. That cuts out yeah, a lot thanks. of small talk. But. I, I've already tried to speculate on Hulu. I feel like I'm out of gas on. I don't even like Hulu, so I don't want to know right. how they. They could have come right, up with a better name, but right. I still wouldn't like it. If, 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 if the, in the best case scenario, if the reason they call it that is sort of interesting and appealing, you don't want to know because you you don't like you don't want to know anything good about it because there is nothing good about it. Mm. That was deep. By the same, by the same token, vermouth. I'm kind of agnostic on vermouth. So. Yeah, I couldn't believe that it was someone's dream to make a thing that's an ingredient of things that I don't like. You know, I mean, I think bourbon is really great on its own, and Manhattan's. I'll, I'll, I'll have a Manhattan. I will have a Manhattan from time to time. It is a sort of a change of pace novelty thing, but I've never said. You know, I wonder what this Manhattan would be like if you took the bourbon out of it and you just had the vermouth. What would that be like? But that's a, that's a thing that that my friend asks himself often, and is now set out. Do you think vermouth started in Vermont? Uh, I it could, maybe. I mean, it's I got mean, it's got many of the letters. Mm-hmm. No, I bet there's a vermouth region of. France or I've never heard Spain. of Spain, and I well, have, right, but I, I mean, have I have spent weeks in France, and they say we were talking earlier about how people don't really study geography anymore. <laughs> we were indeed, <laughs> but this could be a reason to take up geography just to get to the bottom of this whole vermouth question. I'd love to know the answer to that. 
Well, that's that's why the internet was invented. So we won't. You won't have to wait. Neither of us will have to wait long for the answer what to I'm any of these questions. Tomorrow, when I get back from doing Elliot in the morning, so I'm going to Google the answer to this. Maybe I have to go to bed, Frank. You're I fading. Like I've lost. I'm my, just. I'm. I'm, yeah, get, no, I'm getting I mean, my you're first. Up. I see that. I see what's happening. I'm here. finding my first wind. I see what's happening to you, and that's what makes me slightly scared because you might go completely into. You, oh, I got hours. You're going to go into alert now. I've got it's one uh, thirty. Mm. I've got four or five more hours of what we laughingly refer to as my productive time. This is your. This is your good hours. This, these are the, the. These are such as they are. These are as good as they get. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go to bed because I have to get up and be downstairs. Okay. At eight, I have to drive home. Eight ten. I got a three hour drive ahead of me. You're driving three hours. Yeah. Right? Well, you're going down all the way down to the beach tonight. No, no, no. I thought I'd drive up to Philadelphia just for <laughs> something to do. It's a good place to spend yeah. the night. It's nice to wake up near the Liberty Bell. Yeah. I think a lot of. And then yeah. you go take a look at the Constitution, and then you come yep. back down here to D.C. Yep. So I got a long drive ahead of me. Yeah, it is a long time. It is a long time. Was it the Constitution or was it just the Declaration of Independence in Philadelphia? It was the Declaration. I think just the Declaration. Yeah, sorry. That's a mistake. Well, I'm glad I was able well, to but the con- that. Well, but the Constitution Center is in, uh, is in Philadelphia. That's, that's all I got to say on that. Is that a true thing? or did you- Oh, it's a it's very true thing. So they wrote the Constitution. And a good, very good guy called, uh, blank on his name now, Jeffrey Rosen, is the, uh, who's a professor at, of, of law at, uh, here at George Washington University. Mm-hmm. And I think he's the legal, or he was, or used to be something like the legal editor for the New Republic. But very smart man. Uh, is, has been the head of the Constitution Center for a couple of years. You know a lot of stuff. And I'm tired, and you're on and that, right that and a, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm that and a dollar and a half or whatever it is will get me on the subway. Oh, okay. Well, do we say goodbye, or did you just turn it off? No, I haven't turned. No, I think <laughs> I don't know. You you made a dismissive gesture and clicked. I just something. looked at it. No, I didn't click it. I just oh. picked it up. But maybe it seemed as though I clicked it, cl- it. It made a click when you picked yeah, it up. Yeah, I think I just tapped it with my ring. I didn't. No, it's still on. The machine is still on, Frank. Okay, so I can... Well, can I thank some people? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Thank that'd the people nice. that I knew at... Why don't you, why don't you thank some, some... Thank, yes. Yeah, that'd be nice. Well, I don't remember any of them. <laughs> they were all... I called them Dutch. Well, this is sort of the way I, that I called every, everyone on the show. You I called everybody Dutch. The, everybody in the band by name and Biff. And uh, I spent... Uh, Ten, maybe, quality minutes with Biff on Saturday night. And Biff is a very, very nice and smart uh, man. Did you mention my smart name? Man. I did uh, not. Because Biff was very, very nice to me on my final appearance. I mean, I always say hello to him. And my penultimate appearance, which is the one before the last appearance, I know you know that, but sometimes mm-hmm. people don't realize they think that that's the last one. But Biff was very, you know, he said, we're still here. We've been here all this time. He was, that's how he was relating to me. And so this last one, I brought copies of my special and I gave one to Biff and he was kind of touched by that. And then I had a set and my, I had a friend who was backstage and Biff was going, do you see that? That's why he should have his own show. You know, Biff was very nice about me backstage talking to my friend, and it was great to see him. He's just a nice Nice man. man. Nice man. Nice man. Very smart man. Lots of, lots of, very interesting. He was a Vietnam vet, 
and uh, uh, very knowledgeable about music and very knowledgeable about sports and has sort of a distinguished family of uh, sports writers and such like. Oh, I didn't know that about yep. him. Yep. Quality person. <clears throat> I remember one time doing the show, you know, in the the comedians were often on the Friday show, which was either taped as a second show on Thursday for a while and then Monday most more recently. And so I would get there and I'd see Biff and it'd be, you know, this is where your mark is and spot and good to see you again. And, and I asked him one time, how was the first show? His answer was time took care of that one. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Well, shout out to Biff. Shout out to Biff. Anyone else? No. Well, there were so there. You know, there were so many people, and then uh, if you mention one, and you don't mention everyone else is jealous. Don't mention that was a touching thing. I thought on the show, and also a very characteristic of Dave thing when he introduced his son's friend at the end of his last episode. It was just a very kind of sweet human. Just, I, I just remember watching the show at the early days in the eighties when they would have the potato chip lady on or the world. I remember that. I, I produced the potato chip lady. Did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just those people who would come on. They were just they were just like regular people who had something, and they would kind of get their moment to be celebrated in the way that Dave's friend, Dave, Dave's kid's friend, did on the last show. Anyway. Um, well, then in historic night, I, you're, you're drifting off, and uh, i got to get on the road. So, Okay. <laughs> Shout out to you, Frank. Okay, you're going to click it now? I'm going to click it okay, now. Okay, goodbye. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed those conversations. They, they weren't so bad. Once I heard him again, uh, I was a little worried. I thought they were so spontaneous, and I or, well, not spontaneous. I mean, they were spot. They were. I just decided, look, let's do this, and we did it. And uh, I'm, I've, I've listened to them now. You've listened to them now. Uh, vermouth is an aromatized wine, a type of fortified wine flavored with various botanicals, roots, barks, flowers, seeds, herbs, spices. Hmm. It's the Kentucky Fried Chicken of Fortified Wine. That's what vermouth is, ladies and gentlemen. And Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. In Mandarin, this, <laughs> thank God for Wikipedia. In Mandarin, Hulu has two interesting meanings, each highly relevant to our mission. Our, and that's our, that's Hulu talking. Hulu's mission, the primary meaning, interested us because it is used in ancient Chinese proverb that describes the Hulu as the holder of precious things, <laughs> like episodes of the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> it's, it literally translates to gourd, and in ancient times, the hulu uh, was hollowed out, the gourd was hollowed out and used to hose, hold precious things. So, yeah, the hulu is all full of those precious, precious, precious things, like uh, the... <laughs> Like uh, like the Big Bang Theory, and then that show about the two terrible dads of the chubby man boy. Uh, the second meaning is interactive recording. We saw both definitions as appropriate bookends and highly relevant to the mission of Hulu. Hulu has a mission, ladies and gentlemen, and it's not to store precious things or interactively record things. It's to get you to pay money to watch things that you wouldn't have to pay for if you just 
could be bothered to turn on your TV and watch the commercials that they want you to watch, but you don't want to watch. They don't know how bad we don't want to watch those commercials, but we're going to teach them. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. Thank you. Next week, I'll be back. I hope you'll be here. See you in London.